Put your hands together. Before we knew you, you were calling.
just as you are before your God. Come. One day, one day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly
perfect face and all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required you search much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into God, we're just thankful to be here today, Lord. You know, we just want to 
ask you to help us remember, you know, why we're here. You know, this is, uh, you know, we, we sing these songs to you, Lord, you know, but it's not about the songs, you know. As the song just said, you know, we, we bring you more than that. You know, we just want to, want to ask you to join us today and just uh, just help us to remember all these great things. Church is not church without you. You know, this is just a building, Lord. That's all it is. You know, we just going to ask to bring our hearts together and, and listen to your word and apply it to our lives. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Welcome, and welcome to those on Facebook Live and those that are watching later. Um, I'm sure that this morning Jack is actually watching on Facebook Live. So um, the children can go ahead and go to Sunday school at this time, and since you all sat down before we got a chance to greet each other, if you want to stand up and greet each other. Take a minute, say hello. Okay, let's um, go over just a few announcements. Um, I am going to bring Joanna up here in just a minute to talk about Thanksgiving baskets. You all received a flyer in your bulletin about Operation Christmas Child and the shoeboxes. You can get shoeboxes out in the lobby if you'd like to get them after church. Um, Jack has not given us a number yet, but I can tell you it's probably not going to be a small number since last year we did 320. So these boxes go all around the world to children in need. Um, so you might want to consider helping and filling a box with dollar, dollar store items, those sorts of things. Other announcements. Today is Paris Foundation. Are we good? Okay, so if you'd like to help, please feel free to go to Paris Foundation at 4 p.m. Um, other than that, we are good, um, there's there, but there's always room for more. Trunk or Treat um, will be held Sunday, October 29th from 6 to 8 out in the parking lot. Um, if you'd like to participate, decorate your trunk and distribute candy to children. Or if you want to bring other children from your community, that sort of thing, that's always a fun time. There'll be food, fun, and games. Um, now I'm going to bring up Joanna to do um, talk about our Thanksgiving food drive. Good morning. Um, are we blessed today or what? Amen. Amen. I, God's been good to me this week, and I'm a nervous wreck, so I'll try to get this all done real quick. <laughs> the first group already had to put up with me for Bible study this morning. Um, in your bulletin, you will find a flyer. Um, I personally think this is one of the most gracious churches I've ever been a part of, and I'm proud to be here. Last year, we served 241 families in our community with a Thanksgiving dinner. I think that's amazing. Um, our church alone, just our members, did 64, and then the collections that we took at Walmart served another 177. That's amazing. And if you have not ever gone and collected the food, let me tell you what a blessing that is. It brought joy to my heart because I saw parents 
teaching their children what it was to give and to put things in our um, grocery baskets. It was amazing. So if you get the opportunity to volunteer, we will have a setup hopefully at Elkton and Northeast, and we give out little flyers and people do make the donations, and it's just heartwarming. Um, I want to share where the meals went last year. We helped 10, 11 individual families. We, the Monarch House and the Mobile Mission, we sent 16 meals. Youth Empowerment was 25 meals. Deep Roots was 25 meals. And the Help Center, over 154 meals. That's people in our community having a wonderful Thanksgiving dinner. Um, the VFW, we served them with 10, and we're actually able to supply them with extra supplies. And the Paris Foundation. Um, as you can see, our kickoff is starting October 29th. Uh, Donna will have um, boxes and things out front. There's a list that tells you what we do need. The only thing we ask is don't bring glass items because they will break. So if you get gravy, it's got to be in a can or a powder. So we do appreciate it, and I thank this church for really serving our community. All right. Thank you. So now's the time. As you do your grocery shopping, you can pick up the list and, and throw a couple items into your cart, and you won't even notice the, the extra money because my grocery bill seems to go up every week anyway. <laughs> All right, let's um, look at our prayer request. We have a prayer request requesting prayers for the family of Greg Halsey, and um, we know we heard that he passed away this week on a motorcycle accident. Um, Teresa Musall is requesting prayers for Carl Thomas and Janie Thomas. They're her parents, um, and they're experiencing some health issues. Um, and she's asking specifically for prayers for answers and for comfort and healing. Um, Taylor Day is requesting prayers for a friend, Nathan, who beat his battle with leukemia, but his medicine is causing mental, um, mental health issues. So, um, we want to pray for both his mental and his physical health. Um, June is asking for prayers that, um, for her test tomorrow. She goes for a test tomorrow um, that's going to determine whether or not she needs open-heart surgery at this time. So we need to keep June in our prayers. And Ginny McGall is asking for prayers for Sandy Andrew for test results that she is um, having. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. To precious Heavenly Father, thank you for each person who's here today. Thank you, Lord, for the people online um, that are joining in our worship with us. We just praise you, Lord, for all of your blessings, for everything you've given to us. But, Lord, we know that um, just by evidence of, of the number of prayer requests we have, that there are people out there in our community and in our greater world that are hurting. Sometimes it seems like our world is just sort of falling apart and and it baffles us. It, it really makes us confused. But Lord, at the same time, we know and we can see that it's evidence of a world without you. We pray that, Lord, you would lay your healing hands upon people who are experiencing health issues. You'll bring your comfort to families that have lost in them as only you can do. And you'll guide them and give them your strength. And I pray for each request that wasn't asked, Lord, that you will just answer that in the way that will bring glory to your name. I pray, dear Lord, as we get ready to collect our offering, that you would bless both um, those who give and those who are unable to give. 
Bless our tithes and our offerings, Lord, that we're able to use them for your glory. Because, Lord, we don't just collect offering to collect money, but really we want to use it for your glory. We want to use it to build your kingdom. And we just pray this in your precious holy name. Amen. All right, let's, uh, let's extend our worship and let's stand up again. One more time. You know, this, uh, I had a song planned today and I just I changed on the way here. I was just driving in and said, you know what, nothing was too good, good father. You know, if we ever, if we've ever experienced God in, in a true way, you know, no matter what happens in our life, we know he's good, right? Even in the bad times, we know he's good. You know he's got a sovereign plan for our lives. And we just, you know, I, I just, this song just comes to me and says, you know, no matter how, how bad our lives were until today, you know, or how good it was, you know, we have to look at God's blessings and all that stuff. So let's all sing together. of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased, I'm never alone, you're a good, good father. Good, good, fine. 
who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. And you're perfect in all of your ways. Perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. You are perfect in all of your ways. Perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to Crazy Love. Um, for those of you who haven't been here in a while, Crazy Love is based on this book by Francis Chan, and um, we do still have books available if you'd like to get one. We'll have them out there after church, and it's also not too late to do um, to participate in one of our small groups. So we have small groups occurring throughout the week, um, and we'd love to have you join if you're not already participating in one. So last week's sermon. Um, was called Stop Praying. And in that sermon, Jack focused on how we should enter into prayer. And basically, it came down to remembering that we are talking to the God of the universe. Um, And he showed us, if you remember, how small, how tiny we are in comparison to the rest of the universe. But even as though we're just this little fleck, he still, God still cares about us, and we matter to God. And I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but on Facebook this week, Jack posted a video um, of all the animals and um, all creation basically praising God. 
So it's a video that has been created. If you haven't seen it, I'd, I'd suggest you go out and look at it. It's actually pretty amazing because the Bible tells us that if we don't praise God, even the rocks will cry out. So this video, um, scientists have actually really slowed down and listened to the sounds that dolphins make and, and whales and that sort of thing. And this puts it all together. Um, and the, in this video, it's the animals are singing and praising God. So if you haven't um, seen it or you're not on Facebook, if you Google Louis Giglio, you can find it. All right, so today um, our topic is, and the title is, you may not finish this sermon. Now, when I first read the book, I thought, wow, the chapter is called, you may not finish this chapter. And I thought, why? Is it going to make me mad? Um, Am I going to throw down the book? And you may be thinking the same thing. And when you see this title, it occurred to me just this morning that maybe it means that the sermon's going to go on and on and on, and it's never going to end. (laughs) Um, But as I really realized, as I was reading the chapter, I realized that the reference to it may not end was really all about the fact that my life and yours could end at any moment. Um, And so we might not finish the chapter simply because our lives could end. And this is a topic we don't like to think about. We don't like to think about the fact that we're immortal, or our mortality rather, and that we could die at any moment. But really, our lives are a vapor. Our lives are just a mist. And if we blink... Too fast, our lives are gone. And think about, for a minute, um, when you get up in the morning and it's still early and there's a mist or a dew on the ground, how fast that goes away. And then there's no evidence that it was ever there. Really, in a lot of ways, that's how our life is. We read in the book of James um, that life is here for just a short time and goes away. James 4.14 says, For what is life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. But if you ask most of us, we believe we have a long time to live. So remember when you were 15 and you thought 40 was really old? And now maybe as you're getting closer to 40 or 50, you think 60 or 70 is really old? But what we find out is as we get closer to those milestones, everybody else that age may be old, but we're not, right? (laughs) And have you ever thought about how as you look back at your life, our lives seem to move faster and faster and faster? The older we get, the faster they move. I actually did some research because as I was preparing for today, I thought, well, I need to understand why. I need to know why our lives seem to go faster and faster. So I did some research, and there's actually a study done about this. And scientists wanted to understand why life seems to speed up as we age. And what they discovered is is that for short periods of time, like um, minutes, hours, even days, our perception of time does not appear to increase with age. But what they discovered is that we estimate time from two different vantage points. The first is called prospective, 
and that's what is occurring right now. And retrospective, which is the word retro, what occurred in the past. And our experiences with time also vary according to what we're doing. And we know this is true, right? When you're at work, does your time go fast? But how about on the weekends? Those weekends go really fast, right? When we are having fun, time flies. And when we're doing something new, time seems to go faster. And when we look back on fun times, they seem to have lasted longer than average everyday experiences. So what the scientists found is that our brains encode new experiences, but not the familiar ones. Retrospective judgment, remember past, retro is past, Judgment of time is based on how many new experiences or new memories we make in a given period. So what they concluded, and they connected this to our perception of time, that it goes faster, seems to go faster as we get older, because as we get older, there are fewer new things we experience. Right? So we're not learning to walk. We're not learning to ride a bike. We are sort of just living our lives and doing the same thing over and over. Our early years tend to be overrepresented in our memory and on our reflection, so they seem to last longer. So you might want to ask, well, how can you slow down time? Um, we can slow down our perception of time. Get this. This is, this is really cool. When I read this, I was like, this is exciting. By creating new memories by doing new things and keeping our brain fresh. So if we are constantly learning new skills, going new places, doing new things, it's going to seem as though time slows down for us. Isn't that exciting? Because as I get older, I don't, I'm really frustrated that time seems to be going so fast. But no matter how we perceive time, we tend to live our lives as though they could last forever. And we think that ours, each day is ours to do with whatever we want. And I have this here. I want to show you something. So I have this rope. And this rope represents eternity. So I want you to imagine, obviously I couldn't bring a rope that's forever and ever long, but I imagine that this just goes on and on and on, so this rope actually never ends. And I've marked here one little spot. This spot, this pink spot in all of eternity, any ideas what it is? It's my life. Could be your life. So if this is my life, and it's just represented by this little spot in all of eternity. But we're living our lives as though they could last forever. We act like we're in charge of our lives. We make plans and we make schedules as though our lives are going to go on forever and as though we're in charge. Now, I'm not saying planning's a bad thing. Because I like plans and I like schedules. I am a planner. But planning becomes an issue when we leave God out of our plans. 
How many of us have ever prayed and asked God to bless our plans when we've already made the plans? We just want his blessing on what we want to do. It's not like we're asking for his direction and we're waiting for his direction. We already have set in our mind what we're going to do. If we go back to our rope, how much time... So if this is my whole life, so maybe I have, I don't know, 80 years. I tell my kids I'm going to live till I'm 120. They, they're not too sure they want me to because they figure by 100 they'll have to take care of me. Um, but here we are. This is our life out of this whole thing. And how much time do we spend planning for this little spot here when we have all of this? Because this is our life on earth. But we do have the rest of this. Because our lives are going to go on in eternity. Either with God or without God. Right? So we spend a lot of time planning for this little blip right here. Instead of focusing on the rest of our eternity. How many of us spend all kinds of time saying. Well these 30 years right here. Once I retire. I'm going to do this. Or life is going to be really good once I get the kids raised and we'll do this. So we spend all this time planning and actually we may never get to it. Because we don't know when our lives are going to end. Our lives are really just a vapor. And if you look at this rope, you can see they really are. And we don't like to think about it, but we really, really may not be here tomorrow. Any one of us could walk out of here and die. We could, walk, we could die sitting right here. We all know people who were here today or here yesterday and are not here today. Right? Remember... Um, a few months ago, Bonnie Racine was here with us one Sunday. The next Sunday, she wasn't. The family of Greg Halsey would have never expected that he would be here with them, and now he's gone. But our lives are just a vapor. They're a blip, just a little blip on our rope. But we are living as if they're going to go on forever and ever and ever. But if, our li- if we recognize that our lives are just a vapor, just a little dot on the rope of eternity, that our lives are really part of God's story, it should change everything. Because, you see, here, here, is, here I am, but the whole rest of this, it's God's story. Our lives are just part of God's story. It's not about us. This is God's story. And you might say, yeah, but I have this to do, or I have that to do, or I'm really stressed, and and so I can't focus on God, or I'm worried, and I can't focus. But we're told instead of worrying to rejoice in the Lord always. Philippians 4.4 tells us to rejoice in the Lord always. We get so bogged down by making sure that this gets done and that gets done. Um, We do this, we go here, we do whatever. That we forget this verse. 
And notice that the verse doesn't say rejoice in the Lord unless you're doing something important. Or rejoice in the Lord unless this happens. It says rejoice in the Lord always. That word always to me says no matter what, we have to rejoice. Unfortunately, some of us spend our lives in this rope of eternity, this little blip here, being worried and stressed by circumstances we have no control over. But if we really, really believe that the God of the universe, that God that we talked about last week that has so created the earth, created everything in the earth, and that he cares about us, if we really believe that he's in control, then our stress and our worry becomes prideful. Because worry implies that we don't quite trust God enough that he's big enough, powerful enough, or loving enough to take care of what's happening in our lives. I'm going to read that again. Worry implies that we don't quite trust that God is big enough, powerful enough, or loving enough to take care of what's happening in our lives. But remember, this is his story. And maybe you're not a worrier, but maybe you're a person who gets stressed out. Stress says that the things we are involved in are important enough to merit our impatience, our lack of grace toward others, or our tight grip of control. In other words, what, think about yourself. When you get stressed, what do you do? You get really impatient with people. You try to dictate how they operate, and we have this tight, tight grip of control, right? Stress and worry are indicators of our tendency to forget that we have been forgiven and that our lives here on earth are brief. If we look at God's strength, our problems and our challenges seem small. They're not big. They're small. If you think about everything else going on in the universe, our little project that maybe we have to get done, or the fact that our house isn't clean, is really, it's just a little blip, right? It's just a little small thing. So why do you think that we are so quick to forget God? Do we actually think that we know better than God? Well, I think that many of us spend our lives living as though we do know better than God. We manage to forget that God, even though we see glimpses of him every day, if you walk outside, you can see glimpses of God, right? His handiwork in the trees as they're all turning colors. And the children's faces that are in your life, particularly as they lay down and go to sleep at night. The sky, if you walk outside and see the sky filled with the stars at night. Or if you go to the beach and you see all the sand on the, on the beach and you realize that God knows how many grains of sand are on that beach. That's pretty amazing. But we, when we don't take time to see those things, we are dumb enough to believe that our life is about us. But really, our lives are all about God, and they're not about us. 
in case you're wondering, being up here really makes you thirsty. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> On the rope of eternity. So if we go back to our rope, our lives fall somewhere. Where's my life? Here's my life. It falls somewhere. So maybe right about here was where Jesus ascended into heaven. And then maybe somewhere about here, who knows, is where we'll worship with Jesus and live with him in eternity. So you can see there's a lot beyond my life. But really, we are living every day as though our lives are all about us. And as a result, that's how we live our lives. So if our lives are not about us, then we need to get over ourselves. And we need to take God out of the Sunday compartment that we've put him in and put him in front and center every day. And you might say, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but you don't understand. I've got hard things going on in my life. And I'm going to tell you there's a reason for those hard things. If your life is hard right now, I want you to know there is a reason. Sometimes looking back, we can see the reasons, but sometimes... God allows us to experience hard things so that the rest of the world can see that God gives us joy and peace when the world gets hard. And believe me, the world is watching to see how you're handling those hard things. Or maybe your life is good, and maybe everything's going just right. And those times, God gives you the good things so that people can see how you handle the blessings God's given you. Because everything happens for a reason in God's story. So some of you, though, may be like me. I'm, I tend to get to the point where I'm like, well, I just want to understand. And I'll pray and I'll say, well, God, I understand this happened, but I just need to understand why. If you could just show me why, I can live with it. But Psalm 73, 16 and 17 says, When I tried to understand all this, it was oppressive to me until I entered the sanctuary of God. The Bible tells us that things are oppressive if we try to understand them. In other words, it's telling us we don't have the capacity to understand and we just need to put it aside. Because when we come into the sanctuary of God, it releases the oppression and we can relax in him. We can experience the peace and joy that he gives. So we need to get over ourselves. So what do we do? I've told you now that your life is just a blip. It's just a little dot on that life of eternity. That your life is not about you. And honestly, if you think your life is about you, it's really pride and arrogance because our lives aren't about us. So the first thing we have to do is acknowledge our lack of control. James 4:14 again, the scripture we started with tells us that we think we know we are in control, but we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. The Bible tells us that our work will be shown for what it is. 1 Corinthians 3:13 says his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. 
If what he has built survives, he will receive the reward. So all the things that we're doing that we think are so important, that we spend time worrying about and stressing about, they're going to be tested one day by God. And that test is going to be with fire. God's going to be looking at the quality of our lives. So maybe it's time to look at what we're filling our lives with. Our goal is to fill our lives with the best things and not just the good things. So let's talk about God's best for our lives. We're going to wrap up today by looking at God's best for our lives. And I'm going to give you four keys to ensuring that you're living out God's best for your life. And this is honestly where I get really excited when I think about God's best. We might be doing some things that are good. Things that we have figured out all on our own. Because God did give us a brain and he gave us the ability to think. So we might have figured out some good things all on our own. And we might have the good category packed full. So we might have it full of things that a, a job, that's a good thing. We might have it full of activities for our kids. We might have it full of activities for ourselves. We might have it packed full. Unfortunately, for many of us, there are so many good things in our lives that we miss out on God's best. God's best is his purpose for us, the very thing he created us to do because God has a purpose for each one of us. And you see, this little blip here is not going to be over until our purpose has been fulfilled, until we finish exactly what God created us to do. So our goal, instead of filling it with all the good things, should be to overlay God's best so that we are living and truly being happy. What I want you to know is that we make, as you make changes and you start implementing God's best into the good things, the world's going to fight you. It's going to push back. Because the world says, life is all about you. But if we're living God's way, life is not about us. So each and every day, we're going to have to seek God's help to live out his best for our lives. So God wants the best for each one of us. But until we recognize that best and pursue it, we're going to feel really empty and hollow inside. If we go back to the scripture in James where he tells us, you do not know what tomorrow will bring, I want to read it to you from the message, um, which is, you know, a modern translation. He says, and now I have a word for you who brashly announce, today at the latest, tomorrow, we're off to such and such a city for the year. We're going to start a business and make a lot of money. You don't know the first thing about tomorrow. You're nothing but a wisp of fog, catching a brief bit of sun before disappearing. Instead, make it a habit to say, if the master wills it and we're still alive, we'll do this or that. You see, none of our plans ever supersedes God's plans. And as I said earlier, I'm a planner. 
You can look at my calendar. I have everything written down. I keep a paper planner and I keep an electronic calendar just because I need to be really planned out. But none of my plans supersede God's plans. So ask yourself, what do you think James would tell you about this moment in your life? Are you pursuing God's best? What do you think you need to avoid? Are there things you need to eliminate? Because what happens is, is we get that good filled so full that we don't have room for God's best. So if we can wipe out the good, then we have room for God's best to come in. So what do you need to pursue? What do you need to get rid of and what do you need to pursue? So how do we figure out what, what that is? First, we have to remove the distractions. For many of us, we have our lives filled with so many good things. And that's easy in our world today, right? There are so many good things out there that we just fill our lives full of them. Because if a little bit is good, a lot must be better is how we view our lives. So things that are good, unfortunately, sometimes push us away from God. And when we get pushed away from God's best for our lives, the subtle little good things in our lives can become idols. An idol is anything that's more important to us than God. Anything that takes the place of God in our lives becomes an idol. So we need to remove those distractions. Next, we need to identify our purpose. And this is actually where I get really excited. When I think about the fact that God created each of us for a purpose, he has a job for each one of us. And when we remove the distractions, we can identify our purpose. Mark Twain, you may have heard this quote, says that the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. And the day you find out why is the day you discover your purpose, the reason you're alive. And your purpose drives your passion. Because when we have a purpose, we get passionate about it. We get excited about it. God created you for a purpose. But when you live in the good, instead of God's best, you're going to miss it. And then you're going to end up feeling empty and hollow. So... You're going to remove the distractions. And finally, you're going to stay focused on God. Remember, your life is not about you. It's about God. And your life, as we saw here, is just a little blip on God's eternity. So if our lives are a blip on eternity, shouldn't we spend them doing something that will last into eternity? I want to wrap up with Romans 12.2. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And it's only through this process that we um, renew our minds that we can discern what's the good and perfect will of God for our lives, 
because none of us are promised tomorrow. And so we need to fulfill God's purpose for our lives in the time that we have. So I want to ask you, um, as the praise team comes, what does it really look like to trust God with your life? What does that mean? Does it mean that you give up certain things? Does it mean that you put other things into your life? What does it really look like to trust God with your life? Because as we've seen, our lives are just a blip. Our lives are short and we're not promised tomorrow. So how can you trust God with your life? So let's um, all stand, and we'll go to the Lord in prayer. And the Stephen ministers will come um, and be happy to pray with anybody who um, wants to, to pray. But let's all go to the Lord in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, Thank you for each person here, and thank you for the life that that you've given them on that long rope of eternity. Thank you, Lord, that they're here today and that they're hearing your word. And, And Lord, somehow I believe that each person, each of us that you've created, wants to live a life of purpose. The problem is, Lord, we get really confused because we're living out the good that we determine on our own instead of looking for your best. I just pray that, Lord, you will touch each person's heart and mind here today. Show them what your best for them is. Help them to clear out the good and make room for your best, that they're living a life of purpose, that, Lord, when it's time for their chapter to end, you will welcome them and say, well done. You did a good job. Just pray that you'll be with each and every one of us. In your holy name, amen. All right. Confession time. I don't like reforming. I don't like it. I just don't. But I love it. It's for God. So I do it for God, do it for you, for this church, to connect us together in song and worship. So, you know, and I come to church because I don't know what's going to happen, especially when Jack's here. I have no idea. You know, he's, you know, and uh, I've gotten over my thirst issues, you know, so, you know, you, do, you get nervous up here. It's like it's not, it's not easy being on stage, you know, and being in front of people and they're staring at you and expecting something to happen, you know, and it's, uh, but when you come to church, you know, anything can happen, right? You know, I come to church to see what God's got in store for me. That's what I come here for. So, so during this time, let's just take away our distractions, like we said in, in the sermon. Just take away our distractions. Just, just quiet down our, 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 our souls and just listen for what God has for us today. Fathom 
Anything can happen in this place. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Anything can happen in this place. More than we imagine. More than we can fathom. Anything can happen in this place. Rising, rising up inside. Faith is rising, bringing us to life. Faith is rising, rising up inside. Faith is rising, bringing us to life. Faith is rising. Faith is rising, rising up inside. Rising, bringing us to life. Faith is rising, rising up inside. Faith is rising, bringing us to life. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Anything can happen in this place. More than we imagine. More than we can fathom, anything can happen in this place. Faith is rising, rising up inside. Faith is rising, bringing us to life. Faith is rising, rising up inside. Faith is rising. Oh, 
So anything can happen. Imagine what could happen in our lives, in our communities, if we live our lives as though God's in control and that this is God's story, not ours. Next week, we will, um, the chapter will be on crazy love. That's the title of the chapter. And again, if you're interested and you haven't gotten a book, there are copies of the books out there. But um, let's close out with prayer. And dear Jesus, thank you for your word this morning. We just pray that you will help each and every one of us to live our lives focused on you and to recognize that we're part of your story, that this life is not about us. We just pray for your guidance and your wisdom as we go throughout this life, out this week, that you will strengthen us and help us to remember that we're looking for your best and not what we deem as good. Guide us and strengthen us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week.